Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this week is International Women's Day. I think it was a couple of days ago. Now, the reason I have invited my sister, my identical twin sister, Lena Parker, on this podcast is because it's the week of International Women's Day. And uh, this is International Women's Month. And we're going to have women all of this month on the podcast. So um, Lena's the most badass woman I know. I have a lot of badass women in my life, I am incredibly lucky to be surrounded by incredible women. And Lena and I stand on the shoulders of one of the strongest women that we know. Shout out to our mother and to our, the ancestors that came before my mother, my grandmother, and both my grandmothers, etc., etc. Really, really strong Arab women who had to experience and endure a lot. So we, I want to say to Lena and to all the women in my life and all the women in the coffee industry that really elevate um, innovation and critical thinking and uh, hard work and all the important stuff, the empathy and uh, compassion and leadership, uh, you know, opening the door for women and keeping them open for women, uh, clarity and integrity and all these kind of really amazing values that happen in this world. I want us to remember that just a generation ago, that wasn't a possibility. Just a generation ago, the women whose shoulders we stand on, their barriers were much, much harder than ours. And so I really want to pay respect to the women who broke barriers for us so that women like Lena and I, who are the first in our family to even come close to achieving the things that we've achieved and have access to the kinds of education that we have access to, None of that would have happened without the women that came before us. And I invite all of us to uh, perhaps spend some time, uh, especially as women, paying deep respect to the, the women that created the you know, the kind of freedoms we take for granted, you know, the, the generation before us, many of the women were not allowed to hold their own bank accounts. They weren't allowed to own their own businesses. They weren't allowed to have access to boardrooms and CEO positions and be business owners so that they could change things that need to be changed. So I just want to really take a moment to to recognize that and uh, be really proud of the fact that, that women like us can start to frame conversations that are really important. So having said that, hi, Lena. Hi, Lee, right back at you. Thanks. Right back at you. Um, I think the... I think it's evident that what you're, uh, what you're doing with this podcast and your consulting work and, and your other businesses is really um, providing... Uh, opening doors for women and I like what you said there about keeping them open it's really important to do that so I'm uh, really proud of you and and Thank you. you know keep up the great work and the other thing that I would say is not just for women to be acknowledging these things it's for everyone um, male female and gender neutral at the same time what we're going to talk about in this episode is the how do we actually get started in the transition of where the coffee industry is at 
across the supply chain? How did people start thinking about how they can prepare themselves for this new era that we're all going to have to adapt to? Because it is everybody that is going to have to adapt to this. So, Lena, how do people start approaching, and, and you started touching on this in the last episode, which was like people need to look at how they can first reduce their consumption of energy. So I guess across the whole supply chain, people can start looking at it there. And, folks, I, I just want to frame this from one perspective, uh, just to, to manage your expectations of this whole series. We're not solving problems here. In this series, again, as we mentioned in the first episode, Lena has to come back. You don't have to do anything, but we're going to be inviting Lena back to talk about what comes after this. This series is about raising awareness of why this is a big deal for the industry. This discussion about and the question I'm about to ask Lena is about how you can start to frame this whole concept for your business. None of this is an overnight thing, but none of this can take too long either. Because as Lena was saying, this is a problem that needs to be, like targets need to be met by 2030. And at the time of recording this, this is like almost midnight on the 5th of March mm. um, in 2023. So it means that we've got a touch under seven years to get this done. Right. So, and that just just for clarity, that's in, that's the targets in Australia. Uh, right. Each country will have its own targets. Uh, there is, you know, all of it will be publicly available information right. for people to understand. Right. And the point that you touch on there is about, you know, first step is getting informed. Right. So, how do people approach this so that they can get informed, Lena? I think. If I'm hearing you correctly, this is not something that is front and centre of um, of the mindset of, of people who are within the, the coffee industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can tell you a lot of the, um, the clients that I deal with who are significant heavy, significant energy users, it was electricity and gas have been hygiene factors for decades. And what I mean by that is it was a line in their profit and loss statement and they just assume that the, you know, once they flick the switch on, uh, energy would, you know, the lights would turn on. Mm. Um, and so I think the first thing has to start with education and being informed because I can tell you a lot of other industries are already addressing this challenge. Uh, now part of one of the things that, you know, you and I and, and your team and, and those that are affiliated with you are going to need to spend the next couple of months doing, um, which is what I've had to do in the industries that I'm working mm-hmm. in, is actually understand how much electricity is consumed by that electricity, uh, by that, that sector, mm-hmm. uh, and where the, where the main areas of consumption are. You know, what is the low-hanging fruit? Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's about understanding because this is a, a, a global issue, understanding where the main emitters in those processes are mm-hmm. uh, and as it relates to electricity consumption as well, where is the waste sitting and how can they actually address it. As well, there will be there's a role to be played for big business in terms of investment, mm-hmm. in terms of lobbying their um, their governments to... Um, put money into electrification, put money into um, decarbonising 
uh, to to develop technologies as well. Um, as well, there are subsidies available in a lot of uh, in a lot of countries for this electrification process, and that is a really good thing for uh, people within the coffee industry. So, for example, if you electrify your fleet in Australia um, or in New Zealand, there are subsidies to help you pay for those new vehicles rather than making an investment decision in a new combustion engine that mm. you're going to have for the next five or ten years. Um, there are things that can help you bring down the costs to do that. The same thing exists for um, heavy vehicle uh, in a lot of places. There's funding from uh, a number of organisations in Australia and New Zealand, and, and I know this is the case in uh, in the US and in Europe as well, right? So, for example, in the US, the Inflation Reduction Act that was passed last year uh, by the Biden administration invests seven hundred and sixty more than seven hundred billion dollars in in um in the energy transition and in climate change, and that is through a lot of it is through subsidies to con, to businesses uh, and to individuals to make different investment decisions. Mm-hmm. To buy an EV, to to do a lighting upgrade, for example, to for loans, um, the 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 loan um, facilities that now exist through application uh, in the US to actually uh, transform heavy industry are are there. Um, so it's about informing yourself about what is out there mm-hmm. to start your planning. This is a process. This is not a let's do this tomorrow and, and to your point from previously from the previous episode around people are on razor thin margins. It's a cash conversation as well as a margin conversation, right? So you have to have the cash up front. There are if you are making sustainable investments and, and we're working with a number of financiers at the moment where they if you can it's called green tagging. If you can green tag that loan that it is for something that is mm-hmm. a, a lower emission, you actually get a lower interest rate Oh wow! as okay. a consequence. So, and going back to the point that I was making before, none of these problems have not started to be looked at by other right. industries. So you would be just bringing those concepts into the industry. So the first step is to figure out, well, the first step is to get informed is to understand how much electricity you're using. Right. Then it's That's to get the first informed. Step. Yep. What your options are. So what your options are around uh, how do you what, – where's the low-hanging fruit in reducing your own consumption? Mm-hmm. Secondly, what, um, what tools are out there to help you do that? Mm-hmm. In Australia, if a household wants to um, change all of its lights to LED, as an example, mm-hmm. You can call a company to come in and do that for thirty three dollars, mm. and that 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 includes the cost of the electrical uh, work, all of it. That's everything. Wow. They do everything for you. So that's a rebate scheme. Again, another example of a rebate scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there are solar subsidies that exist around uh, in in each of the states within Australia. Yeah, so. Wow. You're not doing this by yourself. Governments around the world understand that everything that you do help them achieve their emissions objectives and shore up their own energy supply, right? Mm -hmm. Because the last thing that any government, local, state or federal, wants is that there are 
you know, the lights don't stay on. And that's a mm. term that we use to say that there isn't any electricity, that there are right. blackouts, right? That's a problem that everyone needs to solve. So there are mechanisms out there in most countries uh, to to help with that. So they're the three key steps. And then the last step is actually exec- have a plan to execute. Right. Have a plan to and, and understand where your short-term, medium-term and long-term objectives are because you will be making long-term investments through heavy vehicle, through um, processing equipment, through plants, even if it's in buying a coffee machine, right? Um, all of these things are in, in uh, what are they called, Lee, the, the coffee machines that the baristas use? The espresso machine. The espresso, all of, the, all of that kit, whether it's dishwashers, whether it's whatever, mm-hmm. right, within a cafe, all of these things will become really important. And if you take the Middle East as an example, they are heavily investing. That that The um, Department of Energy there is heavily investing in renewable. They have the largest, some of the largest renewable energy projects in the world, given their sun mm. uh, real estate, right? And so these are governments that are well aware of the opportunity and the challenge that is ahead of them, especially given that with the, with, combustion engines going away a lot of the requirement for oil and petrol and and all is going to um shift in terms of demand so they have to have a long-term view of this already Mm -hmm. so please 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 encourage people to get informed to start to and and it's all there's a ridiculous amount of money uh sorry information out there just from a you know a google search so as we do like start to think about how we're going to uh, close this series up. There's one thing that we haven't really dived into and maybe you might be able to help us here because this is going to become a growing concern for the cost of production uh, yep. as this transition happens. So it sounds like what you're saying is there is funding available in many countries where the governments are putting aside money that can be uh, tapped into through grants and whatnot to in order to help people manage the capital that's required to buy heavy equipment or, you know, big roasting machines, whatnot, so that people can be less kind of apprehensive about leaning into this this mm-hmm. process. What, what are you finding is the way that other industries are approaching this uh, as they find that in the initial parts that their cost of production may actually go up? To be honest, the examples that I have, yeah, um, if and and they are some of the mega industries in terms of usage within Australia, right? So we work on paybacks. So reasonably, and a payback is how long a pro an investment will take to actually get to um, to to pay itself off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in doing that, taking a, a when you when you take these rebates in that you're being given, it significantly shortens that life cycle. Mm-hmm. And so typically, um, you know, these efficiency programs will pay themselves off within five years. Which um, is a runway that we can't afford most of the time in the industry. And that's where cannot, I see the challenge. Cannot. You know, most of, as I said to you, most of the businesses, a vast majority of businesses that are operating in the coffee industry are operating if not on razor thin margins, then on at a loss, on, 
at a loss. And so a five-year runway is a significant hit to an industry where, for example, um, we have a a huge problem with regards to labour across the entire supply chain. We are experiencing an even deeper problem, specifically the last few months from the producing end, because millions of pickers across Latin America have decided that it is no longer viable for them to participate in a career as a coffee picker and they're going to migrate to the USA. So we've lost so much labor that was a manual that, that we didn't use any energy for mm. other than human energy. They manually picked mm. coffee. Now yep. that that's going to go away, that's going to introduce the potential for mechanization to have to participate if that's a possibility, mm. which is going to drive the cost of production up, which is going to mean that that's going to have to be dispersed across the value chain, the, the supply chain. Go ahead. Can I, I can I just challenge you there? When you say it's going to cost the it's going to drive the cost of production up. Yeah. I guess I have two comments about that. Why is the first question. The second question is what is your alternative? Right. Um, and, and, and as you say, um, it, it drives, when I say why, what is the alternative, uh, what I mean there is it would surprise me if all of those um, indirect costs that are, not necessarily counted as a consequence of transient workforce workforces and you know rehiring and recruiting and downtime and all of those things that can be taken away um, with potentially finding a different solution you know that is well and truly worth sitting down and working through a business case and then through that innovation um has to prevail otherwise the alternative is that what coffee production globally goes down and people don't get coffee that it you know as a as a lover of coffee myself that's not an acceptable answer (laughs) and so um you know except framing it realistically sorry to interrupt you there but framing it realistically the majority of these producers are smallholder producers who yeah. can never in a million years, they're still carrying generational debt from previous coffee price crises. And what typically happens, like what happens in, in agriculture and farming, is that bigger organisations come in and they consolidate and acquire um, and, and and they, they roll it in. And that's a shame um, and that is one solution, but potentially stepping in, finding ways to step in and help them solve this problem, mm-hmm. um, you know, through co-ops, through through um, grants, through all of these things, um, through leveraging really smart people at universities who are who are looking at solving these problems, through through leaning on um, World Economic Forum and, and and places like that to say this is this is a challenge, and, and you have mentioned to me some um, international and national bodies within organisations. This is this is not anything new. This right. problem that's being solved, right? So, and neither is the energy transition. We have been mm. through six energy transitions uh, in our lives in our lifetime. You know, we weren't we didn't have energy to start with coming f- when the lights came on. Right when we first got lights, that that was our very first energy transition, and we made it through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
you know, we, we, it's a pr- first identifying and understanding the problem and then getting um, all the smart minds around the world working on it is, is the next step. Highlighting and, and raising an awareness of the challenge is what will fix it because I can tell you if you were to tell people that they weren't going to get a cup of coffee in the morning um, because be production right. was down or, or their cup of coffee was going to go to $15 because, um, because the raw materials that were going into it were just becoming rarer and rarer, you would, you know, I don't think that's an answer that most people are willing to accept. Except there are other reasons why the cup, the cost of a cup of coffee could go to $15. And that's where we're at with regards to the challenges of this moment, given a global, a potential global economic uh, tsunami. Abs- absolutely. Right? And I can solve a lot of problems as it relates to energy, but the other ones you're going to need to invite other guests to <laughs> help you solve them. And, like an, and I find this to be an interesting one, right, because it's mm. taking a current problem that is relevant to everyone and combining it with a complex problem that a number of industry industries have had to solve. Mm. Uh, and then it just makes the um, the energy security emissions and energy, energy transition challenge uh, even more complex mm. as you um, as you get kind of an industrial revolution happening within um, within the coffee industry. I've got to tell you, I love that our worlds collided in this series. This has been a lot of same, fun. Same, 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 yeah. same. This is this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for your wisdom, Lena. Um, I really look forward to having you back on for another series as we start to drill deeper. Um, if people want to find you and mm-hmm. um, kind of keep up with what you're doing in the energy sector, is LinkedIn the best place to find you? Totally. So if you search Lena Parker and I work for an organisation called Ventia in Australia, uh, you should be able to find me. Great. And we'll v- V-E-N-T-I-A, V-E-N-T-I-A. We will include links in the show notes, folks. Um, and if you have any questions for Lena, don't hesitate to, to reach out. Um, and if you are looking to figure out how to make this uh, transition for your own company, uh, reach out to us and we will find a way to put you in contact with the right kinds of consultants and start those conversations for you. So, um, Lena, I'm gonna, would you do me the honor of signing off the episode for us? I, I absolutely would love to, Lee. Uh, natural again. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope it's given some sort of insight into both really my world has. and and how it relates to uh, the coffee industry. And it's only the start of a conversation, but that's mm-hmm. where everything starts. So um, see you later from me. And as Lee would say, peace, love, and peanut butter. I would say Nutella, but peanut butter. <laughs> Have an amazing rest of your day, folks. Bye. Ciao, 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 ciao. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, 
podcast as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.